lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand right here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. Coming up on today's program, we are excited. We have missed the woe and lamentation. It will return. Daniel Horowitz is back from vacation. I didn't know that he even knew what the word was. Sure enough, I log on to Daniel's podcast and he's letting his audience know he's going on vacation for a week, but he'll be intermittently publishing podcasts because there's just too much going on to unplug for a week. My man, my man. So he will, uh, he'll be joining us uh, next, next hour. He doesn't know what we're going to do yet. Okay. And I haven't even told you guys yeah, this yet. We don't know what we're going to do. I, I, we, you and I got into talking about some other stuff before yeah. we went on the air, and so I forgot to mention this to you guys. All right, so you're going to find out right with the audience. Excellent. We are going to try to save a couple of campaigns today on the show. That's what we're going to try to do. And, and not tongue-in-cheek, not snarky, okay? Straight up. We're going to try to save a couple of campaigns on the show here today. So, going to go full Sisyphus, just push that boulder uphill and are, see if are, you can finally get it to stay? I, I just, one, you know, I have to see if I can fix things. You just know, I, I'm, it's, it's my lament. I have to see, can I fix this? I, I can't walk away. I just need to know first, because it will bother me if, if, if the possibility existed that it could have been fixed and I didn't try, right? Yes, so, it will. so you know that about me. You've I known do. me long, long enough to know. I need to know if it can, if I can fix it. The other thing, though, is I think from a relationship standpoint with our audience, in the future, if if the, if the omens we're seeing now require us to say and do certain things that will clearly alienate a segment of our audience, that won't stop me. I think I've demonstrated that, right? But I also don't want you to think that just because I don't cater to you doesn't mean that I don't care about you. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. I don't cater to you because I do. And so should in the future things not get fixed and that would therefore, in order for me to live up to this logo uh, over my other shoulder here about truth be told, um, it would require me to say certain uncomfortable things to a segment of you I at least wanted on the record that I did what I could to affirmatively stop these events from transpiring when the time came. So I, I did my part in, the, in, in, in our relationship here between me and you. Um, I did my part so that that show would never have to happen. See what, do you see my point? Oh, yeah. And so along those lines, I'm going to be Donald Trump an hour and a half from now. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Daniel Horowitz walk into a room with me one-on-one and try to save me from blowing the 2024 election on a poisonous jab that is just getting increasingly poisonous the more and more data comes out and will just become increasingly obvious by the time we get to the 2024 campaign. So that'll be the first thing. We're going we're gonna, to, because I think other than health or the Democrats doing whatever they can, which they will, to bog down his ability to run again. He's going to run again. So can this 
trajectory that we can all see coming. I did an interview uh, with a talk show host in Cleveland, Ohio this morning. Uh, I did a podcast with uh, the Daily Signal for Heritage Foundation earlier this week, and both agreed. Staunch Trump supporters, but both agreed they can see it coming. I hear the train coming. It's rolling around the bend. They can see it. They can see that they're going to stick, pun intended, Trump with the bill for the jab. They can see it all. Every We can all now kind of see this coming, mm-hmm. right? Alex Jones yesterday in the overtime. And yes, we're working on fixing that video. Sorry about that. Um, everyone can see this coming. And so I need to, why wait for it to land? Like, I, I love the idea of a Star Wars defense initiative. Let's not wait for the Soviet missiles to launch and land. Let's blow them up before they do. Anybody else think that's a grand idea? Let's see if we can stop this event from occurring. At the bottom of this hour, I'm going to see if I can save the Blake Masters Senate campaign. I don't know him at all. But I do know, I do know how you lose. And what he is pulling right now is how you take an L. And it's, it's on an issue his base has already won on. And it, it won't help him at all with the people that he's doing this to curry favor to. It's completely debilitating. It, and so... I'm going to I'm going to try and fix it so that later on, if it just turns out Blake Masters is a poser and just did a really good job faking everybody out on Tucker Carlson's show for a year and a half, and then when the bullets started flying, just became the next you know a younger, uh, gentler John McCain, then that then it is what it is, right? I mean that that just happened, okay? But but I don't know that that's true. So before jumping to that conclusion, let's see if we can fix this too. Okay, Mm -hmm. and we will do that uh, coming up later on in the show. We will play buy, sell or hold as well. But before all of those zany hijinks are to ensue, let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Serious or Satire. What I'm about to read to you was originally published last fall, and I just can't figure out if it's some seriously dreadful satire or stomach churning depravity. Now, before I read this to you, a few things. One, it's probably best if all children and small appliances are out of the room when you listen to this. Secondly, it's also probably best if you haven't eaten anything for the last three months. If you have eaten, probably best to get a barf bag and be around a toilet as well. And number three, if this is serious and not satire, what does that say about us if people like this author are beating us. The article is from a website publication called IQFY.com. IQFY.com says it designs and publishes, quote, storyful, smarter content to uplift feminine folks globally and elevate the conversation generally. Smarter content to uplift feminine folks globally, uplift the conversation generally. Now, here's the name of the piece. Encourage women to smell their poop to be more inclusive to trans women. Subheadline, some women have a hole where their penis used to be, and that hole often shares microbiome with the colon, creating a distinct transitioning odor by Jamie Brownstein. 
In solidarity with trans women, this month you can make a difference by putting your olfactory system to use while going number two. Yes, it's not a joke. We're sincerely asking all women to please spend more time smelling their poo during bathroom breaks and to critically examine what many of our gender have to endure as a part of the cost of bottom surgery. It's time for us to do all the work to truly empathize with the sights, sounds, and smells endured by every member of our large and beautiful gender community including those with distinct transitioning odors. Based on Gram's stain, that's a type of test for bacteria, the majority of smears revealed a mixed microflora that had some similarity with bacterial vaginosis, microflora that contained various amounts of coxy, polymorphous gram-negative and gram-positive rods, often with fusiform and comma-shaped rods, and sometimes even with spirochetes. The social taboo around frank discussion of smells is already quite strong, but doubly so when it comes to the ones that can come from male to female neo-vaginas. If you are a regular on advice and trans subreddits, you know you usually don't have to wander too far down the feeds before coming across anonymous posts carefully prodding for advice on neo-vaginal smells like this one. One night, I was going to go down on her, so she washed her bits before she came in the bedroom and she laid on my bed. I was about a few inches from her face when I noticed a foul smell that I can best describe as stale urine, cheesy, and a bit like feces. I've heard of post-op male-to-female smells, but I've read most people saying they go away quickly after transition. Anyway, I backed away because I was so put off by that smell. She kept asking what's wrong and I finally broke down and told her what's wrong. She was confused and kept smelling herself, saying she didn't smell anything. This she is actually a he, by the way. Sh she said she just washed it too. It's been a fight between me and her, and she's self-conscious about it. I asked if it could be an infection or her hygiene habits, lifestyle, or diet, because I know those things can affect the smell of the vagina. She told me that's just the way her vagina and all vaginas smell. She told me it didn't smell like what I described it as, and it just smelled like vagina. I tried asking my mother about what it could be, and she couldn't give me any answers because she's not informed on this topic. I tried asking my gay cousin, but she didn't have any answers either. I was wondering if anyone in here could give me some advice on this. Do transgender women have a different smell down there than cis women? Is that just her natural smell? If so, what can I do to get used to this smell? Next up, the story details some public school in Canada where a dude felt quote-unquote triggered because his female friends didn't smell like poop like he did. The rest of the story is for subscribers, but I think you get the point. So satire or serious? The answer is actually satire. What does that say? And that's what happened while we were away. You're... <laughs> Your motto reading of mm -hmm. So that whole thing is satire. That Reddit story is actually real. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know Because this is actually real. It's actually a real thing. It reminds me of when our colleague Stephen Crowder got that paper published. I don't remember what it was. He just wrote something totally fantastical and it got published in a real journal. As, he did? I did not know about this. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, Stephen. Yeah. Oh, wow. he, yeah. As a scientific something or the other. I think it was about gender stuff. He just wrote some gobbledygook like this. You can't tell anymore. Aaron's montage is brought to you by sobriety. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't want sobriety. Well, good news, because it's actually brought to you by Bonner Private yeah! Wine. Yes. My people. Uh, self, Aaron's Montage brought to you by self-medication. There we go. Thank you. Yes. Uh, our friends at Bonner Private Wines uh, from deep in, the, deep in the Andes Mountains, Malbec, Malbec grapes grown at about 9,000 feet from families that have been doing this now for going on a second century and their vineyards. They run those the old fashioned ways, which means they're not loaded with sugars and additives. Great tasting red wines. Some of the best in the world. And you can get now an extra bottle. I mean, the deal is already great. You get half off the imported wine and then half off the shipping as well, because that can be a big expense on imported wine. So the deal that they typically offer is already great. But now you get a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. That's four bottles now for the price of three. And you get them half off and you get half off the shipping when you go to Bonner. B-O-N-N-E-R, BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. You just need to go to that landing page. You don't need a promo code. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. So, what you just heard is both real and satire. Except I'm going to actually argue for the next few minutes that none of it is satire. Oh, the people who wrote some of what Aaron just read that you heard intended it to be satire, but it isn't. Because there are people with serious abbreviations after their name that are running hospitals, medical schools, And I'm talking elite medical schools, major metropolitan hospitals in places like Boston, New York, L.A., who think like this, who believe this. How is the, how is the, the, the parody portion of what Aaron just read any less real than we now know what bottom surgery is? That you now know what top surgery is. Bottom-friendly diets. Yes. How is it any more parody or satire than that? It's not. And I don't want to beat a dead horse, but go ahead and saddle up. This is exactly what I've been talking about the last couple of days. I'm working on my retirement at 60. There won't be a country and a culture to retire to, brah. I read the other day now a major, I even tweeted about this, a major foreign policy outlet is now arguing for allowing foreign nationals to serve in the military to cover the shortage of recruits. It's like these people never read history books. Never. Or maybe they do, if you know what I'm saying, money. You know what I say? You catch what I'm picking up there? A bit. Yeah. But let's assume they don't. When the Visigoths, when the barbarians came over the walls in Rome, so much of Rome's military, for the longest time, you had to be a you had to be a native Roman to serve. 
or swear allegiance to Rome to serve. Renounce your old citizenship in the conquered culture. You had to assimilate into the Roman way. But as the empire grew fatter, more vast, more bloated, more bureaucratic, people got lazy, recruitment was down, so they started just taking foreigners because they needed live bodies. And so when the Visigoths came over the wall, a lot of Roman soldiers switched jerseys and joined the barbarians because they were like, hey, it's Cousin Earl, family reunion. I'm not a Roman. I'm actually, I've got more in common with you. That was one of the leading reasons that caused Rome to get sacked by the Visigoths. And now we are promoting, we're proposing this in a major foreign policy publication. History doesn't just repeat. It rhymes. Do you know why? Because there's nothing new under the sun. Just new people under the sun who haven't heard it yet. This is human nature. This is what it is. This is total depravity. This is where it goes. Now, Collectively, it won't go to the kinds of places that we are going now without, as the Joker put it in the Dark Knight, a little push. So be sure that somewhere in the bowels of hell right now, demons are wetting themselves in laughter at content like this. Stupid meatbags. Slapping scaly high fives. Fist bumping one another. Dabbing. Because they're going to get twice, double the joy. What will happen is the human beings that they gave a little push to go ahead and take that last step down to like utter depravity will do their bidding up here. And then when they get down below, they'll punish them just the same. They'll torment them just the same. The idea, if you're in our generation, Gen X, if you're living your life right now, for what's going to happen in this country 10 to 15 years from now. I mentioned a minute ago, Todd, you and I were having a conversation before the show came on that we got distracted and I didn't give you guys a heads up of what I was thinking of doing here. Mm -hmm. The gist of that conversation is you were putting your own family story on something I've said a lot recently. When a culture lets go of the rope, mm -hmm. it goes fast. Yeah, And just talking about how quickly Carlisle, Iowa turned yeah. in the school district. And now you're at Des Moines, your kids are at Des Moines Christian with my kids. Just talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah. And my, my eyes are open. I, I you know, I, I, I see, I'm paying attention. We chose that district 
because it was uh, semi-rural. Hopefully, uh, would not be attracting all the same kind of teachers who get into the major suburbs or the uh, inner cities. And if it, if uh, now I'm dropping off uh, two of my children at the same school Steve uh, went to, because I do believe in his premise of you got to move, you got to move. And I tried everything I could, everything I could within the system. But a year ago at this time, the same time, I want to know as wide open as I uh, was. And I knew some of the issues, the way it sprinted forward in just one year's time where without it wasn't subterfuge, the, the the school board election, the primary vocal, proudly vocal of the most people on the crazy side was about the stuff that Aaron read. These are the people. These are the people we need to fight for their rights. And there was no from, from uh, the, you know, the average person there. There's no like, what? How about reading and writing? That no, there was no vocal. OK, this is crazy. That person ended up winning. It, so, again, I've done everything I could as a citizen, as a father, to, to attempt to be uh, the person in real life that we talk about here on this show. Uh, and listen, I failed. There's no way around it. I, I failed. And, and looking at back of it, I, there's short of, short of homeschooling. There, I, there's nothing else I could have done differently. I, 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 I played the best hand I possibly could, and I still failed. With, Be- with outstanding, you, even, you, you don't want to brag, with outstanding kids. Your, daughter is, your oldest daughter is one of the most decorated prep athletes in the entire history of this state. In other words, that used to be the incentive where as a parent, you'd be concerned they'd spoil her too damn much. You'd be concerned they would tell her she didn't have to do her homework, didn't have to do her grades. She's the all-American girl. She's the reason people know what a Carlisle High School around the state even is. Yes. And so you'd be worried about fitting her head through the door and they'd look the other way and spoil her, right? Right. You had, so it wasn't just the effort you put in, you had the advantage of exemplary children. The ones the teachers will say that... You make it easy. I don't have to babysit. I don't have to uh, worry about uh, temper tantrums or behavior, which are systemic uh, in most, uh, not only uh, city settings these days, but in rural Iowa and other places, you have so many broken homes like that. They spend all their time dealing with uh, behavior issues. My kids are on autopilot in terms of that. You don't, they've never bothered anybody there. They have no argument against my children yet. When we, when I took them out, crickets. If they're going to turn in a place like Carlisle, Iowa, yeah, on a family who has arguably produced the most decorated athlete in the history of that school district, and she's a straight A student, and she's a straight A student. So she, so, so all the things we always advise you to do to overcome these kinds of odds, overcome these kinds of persecutions, overcome, and these are small P persecutions, but they are persecutions. Nevertheless, all the, be excellent, be good at her, be good, treat people well, all those, she did all those things. You did them all. You didn't lot this thing at all. You did them all. Yeah. You didn't assimilate, but at the same time, you did everything in service to that community you could possibly do. Yeah. And in the end, 
what did it get you? Well, the word I used to describe to you, and you said that's a good word. I, I'm going to your school now. We're there together because we're refugees. Mm -hmm. That's it. And what does that say? What it says is that the clock yeah. is ticking. Yes. Tick, tock, tick, tock. A memo to my generation. Memo to Gen Xers. We've been sitting around for years, bitching and moaning about boomers. When's it going to be our time? Yep. We up. You in, coach. You're in. in. Coach called your name. Yep. Get in the game. Let's go. Boomers ran their race. Where are you at? Well, I want to retire by I'm 60. Oh, it's too hard. Pawpaw's sick. Okay. Cool. What's your plan after Pawpaw uh, assumes room temperature and confirms that the death rate's 100%? Because I, I checked again this morning. Death rate in the world remains for every living being. What do you think it remains? 100%? Uh, I think it's Okay, so what's the post-Pawpaw plan? What is it? What's your plan? What you got? What is it? You know last time you went to your kid's school board meeting? Was last yeah. time you went to your city council meeting? Do you even know who these people are? And what's sad is if it wasn't just me, if it was 10 dads, which is still a bare minority, mm-hmm. it would make a huge difference yes, because they couldn't isolate me. Correct. So <laughs> I, I just want to stress again, and I'm going to ride my generation now. We're up. We're in the pulpits now. We're running for office now. We're going to have a conversation about Blake Masters here in a few minutes. He's one of ours. Out there pulling a John McCain. Actually, it's even worse. It's a Mitt Romney etch-a-sketch. Remember when Eric Fernstrom, Romney's detestable Karl Rove, described the Republican elections like an etch-a-sketch? Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And well, you know, you got to you got to draw a certain figure in the primary, and then you, like an etch a sketch, you shake it up and create a completely different figure in the general. Remember that? Yes. That's exactly what Blake Masters just did on the abortion issue. That's exactly what he just said. And here's the thing. By the way, did Romney win? Did that help Romney? No. No. Romney lost anyway. Oh, that just made me almost throw up in my mouth. Romney lost anyway. Yeah. Uh, was he still accused of binders full of women anyway? Yes. And he lost anyway? Yes. He was even running pro-choice ads in several states right before the election. Yeah. Virginia was one. Yeah. Running pro-choice yeah. ads. Hey, I'm for I'm for abortion, but I, yeah. I want to I make sure there's all kinds of exceptions to abortion. Did he, did he, and he lost every one yeah. of those states that he ran those ads. It didn't work. It didn't work. And it's even worse because this is after the Dobbs ruling, Steve. Yes. What you think you're going to get away with will not work whether your name is totters and and he wasn't making the compromises that blake masters is making right now all right or blake masters or steve dace or john smith or or fill in the blank blaze tv subscriber it won't work this is a cold civil war You must fight a war to win. Not to survive. Not to not lose. You're up against a level of zealotry that will not be deterred by any data, any logical argument. You're up against a cult. A cult that has been fully weaponized in America politically. 
You cannot beat it with a lack of conviction. That doesn't mean, by the way, that there's no place for shrewdity. Does any show talk more about tactics than this show has the last 10 years? No. There's clearly a place for shrewdity. But gutlessness isn't a tactic. Showing your ass ain't a tactic. Not a tactic. Stupidity. Not a tactic. Letting the enemy smell weakness on you. Not a tactic. Complacency. Not a tactic. I'd love to go back and tell my my 2018, Steve, the day that we started here. We're coming up on the one year or the or the four year anniversary of the CRTV Blaze TV merger, and we were the pilot program for that merger. Was that October of 2018? I want to say, Aaron, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, somewhere in there. So we're coming up on the four year anniversary of that. I would love to go back to the to our show four years ago and have Aaron read to us what he just read in that in that intro. And and just watch what our reactions would have been to this in 2018. In 2018. We don't have the privilege of taking anything for granted. But we do have the honor of fighting for the things that will allow our children and grandchildren to take them for granted. But we have to choose to actually fight. If you are looking for the absolute best protein bar of all time, then look no further than our friends over at Built Bar, loaded with flavor. All of those flavors covered in real chocolate, uh, packed with protein, but not packed and loaded with carbs, calories, sugar grams. You won't believe when you turn the label over and look at it. You, when After you taste these, you won't believe how nutritious they are. They rival a good deal of the candy bars on the market right now. If you want to try Built Bar for the first time, or you're like, I want to try them for like the ninth time, either way, go to built.com. Uh, they, they're doing a another sale on chocolate chip cookie dough puffs. You know, chocolate chip cookie dough is my number one Built Bar power uh, uh, rating flavor. And in fairness, chocolate chip cookie dough is my number one flavor in virtually everything. All right. But you can get those and so many other great flavors right now at Built.com. B-U-I-L-T for Built.com. 15% off when you use the promo code DACE for Built.com. And get the best protein bar of all time from Bill Parr. Todd. Uh, really quick, I got to thinking during the break. Uh, when I said I lost, I want to put that in the highlight in the context of what Steve said. And this happened despite your children and who they are. Well, this also happened despite the fact that up until the time I clearly lost, I was winning as one person. And there's one other uh, mom out there uh, named Sam. Uh, she was by my side uh, uh, the entire way. But after that, it got really, really thin. But the, tons of wins were, that had to be acknowledged and were exposed publicly, where, where the administration had to admit they weren't following their own policy. So it's not like I was just like constantly shaking my fist and taking L after L after L. This happened 
in full knowledge that I was winning like that, and a, the majority of people decided we don't want that. We want Sodom and Gomorrah. So my my point being, like Loudoun County, there are signs over there that people are willing to fight, but they're always willing to fight now at the eleventh hour, and we we can't. That's unsustainable. An eleventh hour approach to things that's going to be a permanent L. We need an entirely new civic paradigm. Funny you should say that because that is an excellent segue to what I want to discuss Good. with the Blake Masters campaign. Today is August thirty first, two thousand and twenty two. I would like Blake Masters to win his U.S. Senate candidate race in about nine and a half weeks from today or 10 weeks from yesterday. I would like him to win. Don't know him at all. What I've seen from him on Tucker and other places, though, I've been fairly impressed by. So instead of waiting until the 11th hour and... Let's sit, let's sit down when he's down 4.4 to 5 points in polls that actually count. Not, you know, CNN, but polls that actually count. So instead of an Emerson and Trafalgar poll telling us three days before the election at the end of October that he's down by four or five points, and then we're wondering, what do we do about this, right? How about, I don't know, maybe we try to fix it today on August 31st. Yeah. So let, let's try to do it now when there's still plenty of time and plenty of daylight. And frankly... Most people aren't even going to be aware of the damage he is doing to his campaign right now. And if we can fix it now, we can keep it that way. But if we don't, well, no one to blame but yourself. Let me give you a timeline of events. Blake Masters ran in a primary that he won fairly convincingly. As a pro-life without exceptions candidate, personhood candidate, no exceptions, life begins at conception, which is my position. Shortly after winning the primary, the, 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 the Senate fund overseen by Ditch pulled about half of its advertising and pulled about half of an $8 million buy, or maybe it was... 8 million of a 16 million. I can't remember what it was. I just know it was half. Pulled half of the ad buy for him in Arizona when he's already being dramatically outspent by Democrats and their incumbent, Mark Kelly. Shortly after that event, and I believe I even commented, if it wasn't here, I certainly mentioned it on Twitter, they just don't want him to win. I mean, Ditch is going to back, it's just telling you, he doesn't want to back people that he isn't confident will vote for him for majority leader. Doesn't think Blake Masters will do that, so he doesn't want him to win. Shortly after that event, Blake Masters went on his campaign website and scrubbed his previous pro-life position to now claim that he believes there ought to be a ban on abortions at 20 weeks. Which is actually to the left of the Dobbs decision because remember, that was over the Mississippi bill that was at 15 weeks. So he moved, he moved to the left of the U.S. Supreme Court. Let me, in fact, let me even make it more circumspect. He moved to the left of John Roberts. Roberts voted for a 15-week bill, did not vote for the overturning of Roe, as I recall, right? Okay. It was 6-3 to three to uphold Dobbs, 5-4 to four to overturn Roe. Roberts voted for a 15-week abortion ban, would not vote to overturn Roe. 
So Blake Masters, according to his website, is to the left of John Roberts on abortion today. So you're saying is he if he didn't even sell out smartly? Like he could have just said, I support Dobbs, which has got a lot of rah-rah behind yeah, it. I'm, I'm going to get to that. Okay. Yes. So, so let me do this from the outset. Because I understand that there's a lot of people that thought Roe was bad law, thought we had too many abortions, baby killings, icky, and we're, and we're all for the overturning of Roe that aren't really pro-life. Or to be as fair and magnanimous as I can be, haven't yet truly wrestled with the life issue all the way to its point of origin. I think that's fair, mm-hmm. right? And I and believe me, I don't think it's productive. I am pro-life without exceptions. You guys all know my story. Furthermore, I've got rape, incest, all those things in my family that they tell you it's okay to kill a kid if it was conceived this way. I, I've, I can name those children. They're, they're, they're you know family members of mine, people I'm related to, people I love dearly. They're not exceptions, they're people. I think I've made that point abundantly clear throughout the course of my career. Is there any singular issue I have waged more war on than li- the life no. issue in the history of this show or in my entire career? No. No. But I also, though, recognize that in the in the in in, in at the dawn stages of the of, of a post-Roe America, with a lot of people that are warm to what I believe, but yet don't fully believe it. It doesn't benefit me at all to just totally tell people now that you're now that we got a bunch of new people attending the Church of Pro-Life. Let me put it in that analogy. Now that we got a bunch of people attending the Church of Pro-Life, if you don't yet have a fully systemically developed theology yet as a new convert, we're throwing you out of here. Is that a good way to, to, to conduct a church? It is not. It is not. So if it's not a good way to conduct a church when we're dealing with the, you know, stuff that is always eternal. It certainly is not a way to conduct a probably a good moral or political movement. Fair? Fair. So this isn't even about the morality of his, of the, of of Blake Masters' new position. It's not even about that. It's really not. Even though I find his position, you should know this, very immoral. I find his position very immoral, but it's really not actually about the morality. So I was tracking with where you were going. And I, yeah. I want to I go to something that I know a guy who's a very good friend of our show. I don't think we've met him yet, but he has shared a lot of our work. Scott Moorfield over at townhall.com has done some great stuff during the, the fight against COVID, right? Mm-hmm. He's quoted our show and stuff. And he tweeted something back to me in response to uh, my spanking of Blake Masters on Twitter yesterday. He says it's, um, uh, let me actually, let me see where this is at. Oh, I had, here we go. I hear you, but like it or not, quote, no abortions, no exceptions, just not a viable political position in the vast majority of America. And frankly, it's hurting Republicans. In my opinion, a 15-week ban seems more than reasonable, is politically sustainable, and would save many lives. I don't disagree with that political analysis at all. And I don't believe taking that position is why Blake Masters is killing himself right now. The reason Blake Masters is killing himself right now is because of the chain of events I just laid out for you. In the primary, I said I was pro-personhood. Life begins at conception. I win the primary going away. Carrie Lake, man, was counting the last... That, that, they, they counted those votes for like two days, right? <laughs> Blake Masters, they called that thing in a couple hours. He rolled. 
If anybody should be scrubbing their website's abortion issue, you'd think it would be the gal that barely won her primary. Right. Not the guy who roll on eight, you know, roll tide through it, but he did. After that, then he did this after Mitch McConnell cut his funding off. Are you tracking with me here? Yes. This is a is a lose-lose. This is a self-inflicted Kobayashi Maru. Blake Masters has voluntarily put himself into a no-win position. At the very least, there is prima facie evidence that Blake Masters reinvented his life position in order to curry favor with Mitch McConnell to get funding for his Senate campaign. That may not be true. I don't know. But the timing of events is unquestioned. So it's at least an option. It's not nuts to suggest it. No. Which, if you're in if you're, if you're in Blake Masters' base, he has sent you here two signals: one, that he will abort his abortion issue for political expediency, and I'm sure the fact that he scrubbed it from his website. If if Democrats don't seemingly want to debate this year, I can't understand why. I mean, I. I don't know why they're not anxious to open borders, empty prisons, record inflation, uh, record gas prices, and green shirts in Ukraine while you can't heat your home. I, I, I mean, I can't understand why they don't, are not lining up to debate Republicans this fall with that agenda, right? But let's assume Mark Kelly agrees to a debate. I'm sure Mark Kelly will never bring up, hey, Blake, are you still, do you still believe that uh, women who get raped shouldn't be allowed abortions like what you had on your website back before you won the, you know, after you, when you won the, I'm sure Mark's never going to bring that up, right? Never. I'm sure Mark, like they've never, they, they, they don't have Google in the Mark Kelly headquarters. They didn't read the CNN article about it. I'm sure they're completely unaware that Blake Masters w- scrubbed his previous abortion position in weakness and will never try to confront it with him later on. I'm sure that it'll never come up, but they're completely unaware. In fact, they, they probably listen to the Steve Day show and like, oh, snap, Blake Masters changed his abortion position. How did we not know? Thanks, Dace. Sure they didn't. I'm sure they didn't know. I'm sure they had no plans to ask about this. You? All I have is a visual of Sideshow Bob in the middle of a bunch of rakes stepping on them right now. Correct. Here's the second. And maybe if there's something even worse than showing weakness on abortion, given who Blake Masters is, the constituency he represents, this is it. He has shown you, at least you can suspect, that he will do Mitch McConnell's bidding. Because if Mitch McConnell was running Blake Masters' campaign, this would have been his abortion position the entire time. And so now you could at least guess, it's not crazy, given the timing of events, that Blake Masters changed his position, not necessarily out of fear of Mark Kelly or pro-choice Republican women, of which there's frankly not many, but out of fear that he won't get the funding from McConnell he needs to win his race. If you can't say no to Mitch McConnell from 2,000 miles away today, yeah, I'm sure, bruh, you're going to be the guy right to Mitch McConnell's face to say no to him and drain the swamp. I'm sure you will. There's no win here. Blake Masters is up there. Blake, you're lifting your skirt. Mitch ain't buying, bro. He's not pimping you out. You're not on his list. You're not going to get the Newport lights. He's not going to send you the splotchy green eyeliner, man. 
He's not giving you his secret, you know, text phone, his, his burner phone to, you know, text him, you know, how many Johns you did tonight and how much money you collected. You're not on the list, brother. There's nothing you could do to get on his list. You've been on Tucker Carlson's show too many times. You're branded. It's never happening. So why are you even trying this? Who advised you to do it? There's no win here. You, 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 you sent a message to the strongest, most loyal voting bloc Republicans have, the pro-life movement, that you will be weak there. You got lit up by Lila Rose, of all people, last night. I don't know that I've ever... I've known Lila... How many times she's been on this show over the years? Yeah, that's... I, ca- I, I cannot recall Lila Rose lighting up a Republican candidate like she did Blake Masters last night. Her ammo isn't really... That's not her. That's up. the Steve Dace. Yeah. That's not Lila, okay? She's Lila. She's sweetie, okay? If you're getting lit up by Lila Rose while also trying to curry favor to Mitch McConnell, here's your sign, Okay. This campaign needs an intervention. You're going to lose. It will be your own fault. It doesn't have to be that way. See, if you would have taken the position that this was your abortion position the entire time, I don't even know that I would have known. Like, if his position the entire time was, we should overturn Roe, it's bad law, and I'm for a 15-week ban like Dobbs, we would probably have never even investigated any further than that. Right. We would not even know. Instead, he did it backwards. Let me take the very principal position to win you in the primary and then spread eagle for, for, for Washington, D.C. That's the Jeff Flake, John McCain game, brah. You're off brand, Blake. Who are you? Why are you running? Who are you supposed to be? Who do you want people to think you are? Because this strategy will cost you a point or two or five with your own base and then when you, none of the people you're trying to persuade, Mitch McConnell, I guess, did you guys read any headlines? Hey, Mitch is back in the Senate race. Just wrote him a big check. Nothing? No? No. Ah, no. Uh, no. 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 And there is no one who is going to vote for Mark Kelly, who looked at the, oh, the invasion at your southern border, Blake. No Arizonan alive. Looked at the invasion at your southern border and thought, Mark Kelly, I'm voting for him again. Oh, wait. Blake Masters, uh, he amended his abortion position, so I care about the invasion at the southern border now and won't vote for Mark Kelly. That person doesn't exist either. This is a lose-lose. You got nothing out of this. Nothing. This is, this is the big leagues, brother. This isn't, these aren't spots on Fox News anymore. This is now open warfare. Better come correct. Check your staff. Make sure your staff knows what they're doing, what they're up to. Because this is amateur hour stuff. This is how, this is, let me write a book on how to get my ass kicked. This won't work. That dog ain't going to hunt. My advice, take the upcoming Labor Day weekend, get together with the people who you trust the most, and have a serious assessment of what we're doing here right now, and get back on track to where we were before this all started. Because this ain't going to do it. This is going to hand Mark Kelly another six years in the U.S. Senate. Hour two is next. And we're back with hour two live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. I understand that uh, just to wrap up the Blake Masters conversation, some of you are like, yeah, that. That sounded a little harsh. I thought you said you were going to try to save his campaign. I just did. 
I, I know the paradigm is when most people, and a lot of them are a lot richer than me, so maybe this is what you want. Uh, when they say things like that, it's it's they're going to kiss the guy's ass. They're going to explain away all the stupid stuff he's doing. Uh, they're going to say it's your fault for expecting more and you're being divisive and you don't want the Democrat to win. And your people like you are going to be the reason why you're not on a ballot. This has never been your fault. And that's coming from the guy that has spent most of this week saying this is your fault. <laughs> Right. So I've got no problem telling you when I think it's your fault. This isn't your fault. Blake Masters is on the ballot, not you. You did your job. You 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 found the guy who campaigned and 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 went after you as an anti-establishment vote voice. You found him, you supported him, and you got him the nomination. You did your job. It is now time for him to do his. And this ain't it. I'm sure when Alabama sucks in the first half, Nick Saban goes in there and says, guys, it's really not your fault. I mean, the refs are against you. Um, you know, we called all the wrong plays. Um, you know, it's not your fault. And really, if Alabama fans are booing the fact that you sucked in the first half, they're the problem. You think that's what Nick Saban probably does? I do not. Hell no, that's not what he does. You don't want to know the words that come out of his mouth. They're NC-17. I gave you the PG-13. This is real life, Blake. Man up, bro. This ain't going to cut it. This is how you're going to get rolled. People wanted a younger, hipper John McCain. They would have voted for your primary opponent. Or would have gone to somebody else. They want the guy they voted for in the primary. I understand. It's a broader audience in the general. So find a smart, clever way to present yourself to a broader audience that doesn't actually rip off your own limbs in the process. Because cutting off your nose despite your face. Ask President Romney how well that worked. Ask President McCain if that works. Donald Trump ate taco salads for Cinco de Mayo, referred to that one Mexican judge, and began the vanguard of a large swath of Hispanic voters moving to the GOP. <laughs> Goodness, did no one pay attention the last few years? Does the former never Trump guy not in you say to the MAGA candidates, do you even MAGA, bro? Do you even MAGA, bro? Really? I got to teach you guys how to MAGA now? He violated every norm, insulted every possible constituency group. One. Anyone. <laughs> so, I... I <laughs> I know, I know. He's pulling ahead of Mehmet Oz and Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania right now. What people want, Blake, is Blake Masters. They want the Blake Masters they saw on Tucker Carlson all those times. I'm not saying to not find a way to um, present yourself in a broader context. But present yourself. And F Mitch McConnell and the horse he rode in on. You're being sent there to throw him into the lake of fire. Not get a funding check. If eight million bucks from Mitch McConnell is standing between you and a U.S. Senate seat, then the MAGA movement is a paper tiger. You know what you ought to do? You ought to be fundraising off of that. 
You send a damn email to every MAGA name on your list and say, Mitch McConnell doesn't want me to win. Put that right in the subject line. I'll donate to that. Mitch McConnell doesn't want me to win because he knows I'll vote against him for majority leader because he knows I'll go there to drain the swamp. So he's pulling the funding from this race to go support rhinos instead. That's why I need your support. Send it to me. Who's running your campaign, Blake? It's amateur hour. You just got fundraising gold. Gold. How many damn uh, texts I've gotten from Ron Johnson since that Fox News poll came out that had him down by five points? 7,000, I believe, is the answer. You just got fun MAGA fundraising street cred gold, Jerry. Gold. And you responded by scrubbing the address and essay from your website. No, dude, that won't win. We want you to win, Rock. Win, Rock. Win. And you win by throwing haymakers. Not by hiding beneath your gloves. If you want to let us know what uh, you think about what we think, you can email us, steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow me on Twitter and Getter. And you can also find clips of the show that are free to watch and free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Show as well. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. Aaron, will you do me a favor? Take this clip with Blake and this open here. Put it into sure. one separate clip. Sure. And if any of y'all know him, by all means, please send it to him. I, I want him to win. This is just how he will not. I promise you this will not win. Even in this environment, it won't win. I want him to win. If you're a podcast listener, leave us a five-star review if you like the show. Thank you to all of you who have because you have helped us to make a successful offering to the algorithmic gods. Thank you. Hit subscribe and follow for us as well. This portion of the show brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Do you watch Aaron's montage ever? Yes? Then this is all you need to know. Go to preparewithdace.com. Make sure you've got a three-month emergency food kit ready to go. You know what? I keep forgetting to get one of these for myself. I probably need to do that. Don't you think? Um, save $250 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Stays good for up to 20-plus years with right and proper storage, three square meals a day, including snacks and drinks. So you guys are covered in your family when Let's Go Brandon goes once more. Again, preparewithdace.com. Uh, get $250 off and free shipping at preparewithdace.com. Let's get to buy, sell, or Lindsay. Aaron, with some help from you in the audience, actually a lot of it. Todd, we'll throw to you and I uh, a series of items, We will de- ideas. We will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Uh, we are permitted once per episode to put a Lindsay on it or a hold. But if you agree to put a Lindsay on something for any reason other than how did Aaron ever let that on the air? It's so bad. Then you have, you've, you've got you've to snuggle with Lindsay. You got to let him hold you. And I mean in an unlawful carnal knowledge, Van Halen kind of way. You in? You're out. In or out. Depends on which question you're asking. <laughs> right, Aaron, go ahead. Uh, we'll begin with Konstantinos Rhoditis, who says, with the death of Mikhail Gorbachev, the only Soviets left are in the Democratic Party. That's very good. Nice. Bye. Bye. That's very good. Warm Gatorade says, all current space exploration programs are designed so that eventually the elites can move off planet and rule us from afar so they don't have to face us. Someone saw Elysium. Isn't that what happens? Or is it the moon they move to? Or is it a space station? I can't remember, but it's kind of a similar thing. Um, no, I'm selling. You have it reversed. 
They're going to send us. They can, they can ship us yeah, out there. They're going to send us in a pod and just shoot us into space. <laughs> they are. That's what, what's his face? I love that this guy came up with, what's the most nihilistic nope. thing about something that should worse. be inspiring I could come up with? And Todd made it worse. I love that about you. Did you listen to Yuval Harari or whatever that guy's name dude, is? Yeah. Dude. All right, now. Now I'm freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. So be. I got it. Todd's right. I got to sell. Next. See, I have upset you, says, uh, to preface, I don't like that this is the case, but I genuinely b- believe it is. The right has lost the abortion debate as far as moment of conception. Twelve weeks is the best we can hope for in most states. We will lose elections with really good candidates over this. I will sell because I don't agree with your premise. The right's never fought the life at conception debate. I've spent the last 10 years of my life trying to get it to. The rights never fought that debate. You, sir, are actually going, or ma'am, you're going back to how we didn't challenge Roe for 30 years. Let's not attack the premise of the argument and try to instead politically survive. That led to a lot of babies getting killed between Casey and Roe v. Wade. That won't work. Now, I actually agree with your political application for the current environment. I don't live in a, I'm not, I don't live in Xanadu either. I'm the kid born to the 15-year-old mom here. I am well aware of whose whose mom thought long and hard about killing him. Um, My wife's got every abortion story you can imagine. I have it in my own family. I've wrestled with these. I'm, I'm well aware of how cultures and societies wrestle with these questions. That notwithstanding, though, the reasons why we do things are very important. If you want to make an argument to me that it, it that it's too soon in the aftermath of Roe to immediately go to a place that a lot of Americans have not considered, I think that that is, I may not even agree with it, but I think that's a morally, um, tactically sound argument and, and good debate to have. You're beginning from the premise of we have to we have to surrender to the culture. We can't possibly win an argument. We haven't even fought that argument. We haven't even tried. So for that reason, I will sell. Sal, this is a terrible idol to be polishing right now. And, it, but, and I know you don't mean this. That's why I didn't put it in my, in my reply to you. I know you don't mean this. But, but effectively, what you are saying is it's okay to kill more dead babies for some lame-ass Republicans to save us in a red yeah. wave that won't save us. I know you don't mean that. But in many respects, that's the argument of the abortionists who lives or dies is based on what's convenient and expedient for me at the time. I will not argue for these children because it's not it's not expedient or convenient. It might cost me something. So damn, F those kids, kill them. You're making the same argument as the other side. I know you don't mean that. That's why I'm explaining to you why I reject your argument. This is actually the argument you're trying to defeat is the one you're making. This is the mistake we made for 30 years between Roe and Casey. And all that did was allow them to kill a lot more children that didn't have to die. Moving on and now for something completely different. PT Tanker says top five things that make Steve's nipples hard. Oh my God. I need to stop saying stuff like that. I'm so sorry. Thank you for throwing it back in my face. I'm convicted now. Riding his Peloton. Uh, No, no. Uh, It does challenge me though, man. I mean, that poop ain't easy. Okay. 
If I have direct knowledge, I will comment on these. I'm not guessing <laughs> at what the hell happens on his Peloton. Never seen it? Whatever, don't care. Move on. An awful lot of sweating is what happens on that Peloton. Number four, wearing Tommy John underwear. I do Clearly. Like, okay, yeah, that's a Clearly. buy. Yeah, that's a buy. Yeah. Number three, eating built Bars. That's Clearly. an obvious, obvious buy, yeah. Uh, number two, winning the over-under on a game. Or just winning a game. Yeah. Any game. I like winning. Yeah. I just like winning. Yeah. Number one, Michigan stomping Ohio State. Bye. Perhaps more than anything. Yeah. Next, we go to Coltrane, who has uh, top five possibilities for new Twitter handles for me. Uh, at MacDaddyMcIntyre. Sell. Yeah, that's kind of sell. Yeah, sell. So. Yeah. Kind of uh, 90s. Number two, old man millennial. Better. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Number yeah. three, the table whisperer. <laughs> I like that. That's very, very oblique. And I don't know that anybody that yeah, listened to the show, you know, in the last, before 2019, will get that. Okay. File that under Dennis Miller. Right? But I like it. Yes. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, possibly on the spectrum producer. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not sure if he's talking about me or you. <laughs> that's great. But it, I gotta ask. It's a little. It's a little true <laughs> whether or not he's talking about me or you. When you deadpan read yeah. that thing for the montage, how many takes did it? Could you? How many takes did that take? A lot of takes. Okay, because I. I just I it, I was trying to keep my breakfast down. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> And finally, suck at Little Leaguers. Yes. Okay. That's, that'll work. Four out of five is pretty good. That's a good list. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll have to bookmark that. Uh, Trevor Giesbrecht says, the question, can you name the three Kardashian sisters is just as valid, valid on the show as what is the benign, innocent explanation oh, yeah. for oh, that's, fill in the blank? Yep. Oh, gosh. That's yeah. so good. It hurts me. Yep. I'm, that's painful. I like it. Uh, that's hurtful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remember when we thought he was Trump's best appointment? Yeah, dude, we will own we will own up to our awful takes, and that that was that was a fairly awful take. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, do you know what he's talking about? Nope, nope, neither do I. Show policy. Scrub like Blake Masters' website never happened. Yeah. Uh, Demi White says John Roberts is responsible for the SCOTUS leaker, which is why no progress has been made in finding the culprit. Ooh, I like I, this. I tweeted Bullseye. this more than a month ago. Yeah, I tweeted did. it more you than did. a month ago. Uh, I must. I missed it, brother. I'm sorry because that's that's pretty phenomenal skullduggery right there. Yeah, I like it. Bye. I like it a lot. Next, Alexander Rogers says dismantling the FBI, CIA, and IRS and scattering their ashes into the wind is a basic litmus test for anyone running for office. Anyone against destroying these agencies is unserious and does not deserve your support or vote. Bye. I will buy. I do think, similar to what I said last hour, in the aftermath of Roe, I think a lot of people now are truly having to evaluate what they think they, 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 that pro-life means, right? Okay. I also think that what's going on with these institutions is such an instant flashpoint for people that I would not immediately cast people out if they decide, well, we got to defund them. If, if they're not willing to hit the, the complete annihilation switch right away, if they, if they think there's something we should do in between, give people room to borrow a biblical phrase, work out their salvations with fear and trembling, mm -hmm. okay? But the essence and premise of yeah. what you're saying, I wholeheartedly buy. Yes. yes. Uh, next, go to Jay Ford. Week one of college football is upon us. 
Here has here he has the uh, top five college football rivalries. Okay, better be good. All right, number five, the world. What is this? The, the world's largest outdoor cocktail. Which party. they don't want to call it that anymore. <laughs> Florida versus Georgia. Um, I mean, I'm okay if it's on the list. I see Oklahoma and Texas is not on the list, and I think that'd be on anybody's top five list. So I I will sell on that one. I think that that has. I'd put Oklahoma and Texas on the list before I put that one on the list. Yeah, but just, if we had a top 10 list, I'd put that one on there. That's exactly what I'm feeling. As I can just imagine, without looking at the rest of the list, there's, there's got to be five that are higher than that. Okay. Number four, Notre Dame versus USC. I agree. I mean, I, and you're talking about, it was really the first transcontinental uh, sports rivalry in American history, really in any sport. Um, you look at the combined national championships, Heisman Trophy winners, All-Americans. No other rivalry brings that level of tradition and pageantry to the table. Some of the most famous games in history, Notre Dame switching their jerseys pregame. The Anthony Davis touched, you know, what was that, six or seven touchdown game or whatever that was. Some of the most famous games in the history of college football, uh, several of them are in this rivalry. So I will buy I will narrowly buy because everything you said cognitively rings true, but does it feel that way currently? It doesn't in any no. way, shape, or form feel no, that no, way. No, but it's in history, right? Not right no, now. I, but I know, yeah. but you like I don't. If it was just about that, I wouldn't even have it in my top five. Like what? How, the last decade. It just yeah. It Maybe if you were doing the last decade, I might agree. Yeah. Okay, but I'll put it on there. Uh, let's see. Number three, Michigan versus Ohio State. Of course. Of course it belongs on the list. We can always debate where it belongs. It would, I actually would have Army Navy number one, but when the last time ESPN pulled this, Michigan and Ohio State was number one, but it certainly belongs on the list. Yep. Number two, Auburn, Alabama. Yep. And I'm okay if people think Auburn, Alabama is a bigger rivalry than Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, there certainly is no in-state rivalry in all of American sports like it. So I would, it belongs on the list for sure. Number one, Army Navy. And yes. I agree that that should be number one. Yeah, that's other than the fifth one. And you know what? Frankly, if I was doing the list, Florida, Georgia might even be sixth or seventh. If, it, if I was doing a top 10, I just think Oklahoma, Texas that has to be on the list. And an honorable mention, best single game rivalry name, Catholics of versus oh, of course. Of course. Of course. I mean, that's, that's an all timer. If you're mm-hmm. a Gen Xer like us, you bet. Yeah. Next up, we have Rich Finley Schumit, who says the bigger a conservative outlet gets, the less likely they are to approach, quote unquote, dangerous topics like vaccine injuries and election fraud, which might stunt their massive growth. Just hypothetically looking at facts here, not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I generally buy. I will generally buy. Yeah. Obviously, we work for an exception. And... We're one of the absolute biggest conservative outlets out there. I mean, Fox is clearly in its own area code. We would all agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on metrics, Daily Wire is ahead of us right now. A year ago, those metrics might have looked different. But there, if, if, if whoever, the head of the next tier would be us in Daily Wire. And I don't work over there, so I can't, you know, speak to what goes on over there. But what I can tell you here is... They, they pay money to Steve Dace and Daniel Horowitz and others. So in general, I think there's a lot of truth to that. But I also think that's part and parcel with human nature. We'll call it the Blake Masters principle. I mean, I was, I, <laughs> I was telling Todd and Aaron uh, during the break about one of the very first national interviews I ever did. When I, when, when I went out to, on my own away from WHO in Des Moines. And it was an interview, NPR National Radio, 
was going to do an hour-long debate on the right on the immigration issue and amnesty. And it was me and one of these Cato Institute guys. I can't remember the name. I want to say it was like Stu Rothenberg or something like that. I want, but I don't know for sure. And I remember, you know, well, I, I probably should, you know, polish my act a little bit, you know, for a national audience. And the woman who used to sit in your chair, Jen, stopped me right away and said, don't do that. Had a girl. They, they booked Steve Dace for the show. So just be Steve Dace. To summarize what I just said to Blake Masters a half an hour ago, mm-hmm. Blake Masters won the primary. Uh, be Blake Masters. Be who you are. Mm-hmm. And she gave me that advice. There is something in our nature, particularly ladies among men, when we feel as if we have made it or we are about to take the next step in that process, there's just a switch that gets flipped in a lot of our brains, man, to hold on and keep what you have as opposed to keep pushing to, to achieve more, to not risk what you have. <clears throat> and I think I can't sit here and tell you today that if our show had grown by 200% pre-COVID, if I had a number one best-selling book on, and one of the other books I had written pre-COVID had been a number one best-selling book, and we had made the movie of Nefarious before COVID broke, it's so like, quote-unquote, made it, I guess you could say. I kind of had a moment, my moment in my career. Do you see what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say? Can I sit here today <clears throat> and tell you 100% that if those events would have happened before COVID, so I'd be making a lot more money. You guys would now be making a lot more money. We'd have a lot more at stake. Can I sit here and definitively tell you that I would have gone for broke right away in sniffing out what was going on with COVID the way that I did when those things did not occur? I can't sit here and tell you that. I'd like to believe I could. I'd like to believe I'd still be that guy. But I've always been an underdog. I've always been an outsider. When you're a kid born to a 15-year-old mom and you move to 11 different schools, you're an underdog. You're an outsider. I made stupid mistakes majoring in Super Tecmo Bowl in college that made me an underdog, made me an outsider. I've never been the, I've never had most favored nation. I wasn't, I didn't win the lucky sperm club. To get into the the in crowds in school, I had to overachieve other people. I had to be better at sports than they were. I had to get better grades than they were. I didn't just, hey, I came from this family and my family, you know, that's just who we are and I'm the next and none of that. And so I'd like to sit here and tell you that I would have given you the devil may care, all in, we're going after the Death Star every day kind of analysis that you guys loved for the last couple of years. I'd love to sit here and tell you that if I had, quote unquote, made it before that event occurred, I would have done that. But I can't sit here and tell you that because I've experienced in myself that switch goes off in your head. Now that you've made it, be somebody different. That's why my advice to Blake Masters wasn't like a five-point plan or here's a commercial script. What was my advice? Take the Labor Day weekend, get together with the people you trust, figure out who you are and who you really want to be. Start with yourself. Do a self-assessment first. So, in general, I agree with Todd. This is a buy. But so far here at The Blaze... So far, 
we've not operated that way. And probably to our own. Don't, and by the way, don't play the violins for us. Nobody here is poor. Okay. But it, it would, we have, we have, we have, we have not done this and it has been to some of our detriment for sure. Mm-hmm. But we don't do it because we're very aware. Yeah. Of that. This yeah. is what happens. Next, we go to Lynn's Jingle, who says, after this last Husker football game, it solidifies that Nebraska made a mistake firing winning season Bo Pelini because he was too aggressive. Uh, I heard the stats yesterday. That he's got to, that he'd have to win the 50 stat? Is that, 50 go ahead. consecutive yeah. games. The Huskers have to win. And Scott Frost would still not have as good of a record yeah. as Bo Pelini. Did you hear had. that stat? No. He'd have to win 50 in a row, and he still wouldn't have as good a record as Bo Pelini was when he had when he was fired. This is an absolute buy. Yes. Just, I didn't know that. I, I will sell. How, how long was Bo Pelini there? I don't know. Uh, I'd want to say like four or five years. About the time that Scott Frost has been there. It, it felt like, I, I he, he wasn't a bad coach. It felt like he had plateaued a little bit. So I don't know this is a direct, and there's been other, you know, mistakes. I mean, you want to talk colossal mistakes, though. The, the the guy they hired that used to coach the Raiders. Callahan. Yeah, Callahan. I mean, good grief. So um, I'll, I will I will narrowly sell, but that stat is a yo. Urban Meyer is going to be their next head coach. That That's, you know, that is p- with. I can't see him living in Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, guys. that, yeah, yeah. I mean, Aaron's, we never quite know the personal, like, but in terms of like just ruthless whatever now that you have name image and likeness the ability to buy players which is like basically what i think nebraska that's an interesting yeah. call there if i was no i've said this how many years i'll say it again nebraska should go hire dan munkin the army coach and run the triple option it's not that much different than the offense that devaney and, and osborne ran that ran people yeah. into the ground it gives you a recruiting edge because there's so many undersized kids that are really athletic that want to play offense and get thrown to play corner or safety in college instead who would come to your school you're an outlier from a recruiting standpoint because of where you're at you don't have a lot of great high school players you can't a lot of kids from chicago and a lot of the the dmv the major big 10 recruiting regions don't want to go play out at nebraska this gives you a you need a niche you need a niche okay the walk-on program and those were your niches before you got rid of all that stuff you need a niche Run the triple option offense. You know what I think. Set aside your fandom of Michigan, mate. Like when I when I think of college football, I think of that Tom Osborne, Tommy Frazier. Absolutely, that is like quintessential college Absolutely. football. Absolutely, and it's beautiful football to watch. Oh, I know it's every bit as beautiful football to watch as a well executed air raid. It's beautiful. I, our son played their opening game against Earlham High School. They're out there running the old wing tee. And they're doing fumble ruskies and direct snaps to all these different guys. And it took our team. Our team was clearly better, but it took them about a half to figure it yeah, out, man. Yeah. And it was a it was a thing of beauty to watch. It was beautiful to watch. Okay, Nebraska should go back to that. Next up, we have Eric Footer, who says Europe will turn on the U.S. and Ukraine, demand they stop fighting Putin because they want gas. Will publicly side with Putin so that he'll send them gas. I'm. I'm going to sell, not because I don't think that I think this is a dumb take. I don't know really the level of grift investment they have in Ukraine. Because I would have figured they would have reached their sell point already. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I saw Russia just shut off another country's gas this today for non-payment. Do you know? In how, the EU. I can't remember which country it was. How are they? How, how is Europe like Germany and the UK? 
How are they going to get through this winter? I, I, I don't see, understand. See, that's why I'm going to sell because you. He should be right. Okay, he should be right. I mean, these. Uh, but there, there's there's something there. There is something there in Ukraine of so much value. Or they're just so cultically sold out to the World Economic Forum that they yeah that's they, what I was gonna one say. of those two that this this you, what you're basically arguing is there's a sell point and you're right there usually is you, but I would have figured they would have reached it quite a while ago and they haven't so that's why yeah. I'm going to sell because there's something here I don't know and yeah. don't understand that that is even more important to them than this basic level of political survival. I agree. You believe in economics 101? This yeah, it doesn't apply to this apparently. Yeah. It's I mean, not bad analysis. I no. just think we. I think it's just incomplete that there's something we're missing. Tell tell me how the average European citizen is just going to take it on the chin. Three thousand dollar a month heating costs. I I don't understand how that's not going to end badly for those governments. We're about to find out. Yeah, winter's coming. All right, we'll come back. So is the prophet of woe and lamentation. He shall return. We'll see if he can save Trump's 2024 campaign from the poisonous jab next. <laughs> you can tell when people are paying attention. I put up a post or picture yesterday. Of uh, me and Noah after his victorious uh, debut with uh, the JV football team the other night and how sweaty he was. The amount of comments talking about better fire up that Eden Pure air purifier, looking at those photos. Please tell me you got that going in the car. I mean, I could not believe the amount of comments. That's a branding victory. That is a branding victory. So whoever's got that account for Eden Pure, you need to charge them more next quarter. Okay, with that level of branding. All right. But if you want to put Eden Pure uh, to the test, the air purifier test, because you've got a smelly teenage uh, football player in your house, or maybe you're the smelly one, or many other reasons. They, they It also goes after viruses, odors, mold, and so much more. Uh, you can right now save uh, $200 on a three-unit package, so you get them now for under $200. A three-unit three, uh, three unit package for under 200 bucks when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. Use the promo code steve 3 and you'll get free shipping as well. Promo code Steve3, free shipping as well at EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code Steve3. Let's bring in, he has returned, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Hope you enjoyed your vacation, my friend. Daniel Horowitz here on Blaze TV. Good to have you back. Um, I haven't told you this, and it's on purpose because I want to I wanna blindside you if you're okay with that. Uh, the audience All knows right. it. The audience knows I'm going to do this, though, okay? So last hour, I attempted to do... We're doing interventions today to save two campaigns. And the the main reason I'm doing them is because I think it's within our best interest that we don't get uh, lined up with loser campaigns in these two cases. And the other reason is when guys... I want our audience to know when guys like you... If they don't listen to us and it costs them and guys like you and me have to criticize them later that we at least tried to to, to head this off at the pass. We, we tried to not have it get to this point, right? Okay? So last hour, I attempted to fix Blake Masters' campaign uh, because he's ankle-grabbing out there in Arizona as we speak. I want you now... I want you to try to save the 2024 Donald Trump presidential campaign. Because something that we have discussed a lot while you've been on vacation, a couple of events that happened last week 
Democrats came out with a, I didn't even know the Democrats had a committee investigating Operation Warp, Warp Speed. I don't know if you did, but they came out with a, with a paper claiming that the Trump administration rushed to the vaccine, you know, bypassed a bunch of normal safety protocols so that they could get the vaccine out in time to win the election. The very next day, YouTube lifted its ban on, on, on not allowing you to say the vaccines don't stop the spread of the virus. You know, a full year after the CDC admitted this. And since we already know from Alex Berenson and from Mark Zuckerberg himself that social media giants are actively colluding with government on how to censor and suppress the truth. I don't think the fact, I don't think those two things happening are coincidental, Daniel. You can see what's coming. They are going to pin, they're going to give Trump the credit that he demands. They're going to give it to him. And they're going to put, as the carnage compiles, as the bodies get harder to hide, they're going to give him all the credit for this that he's always wanted. So I want you to pretend that I am Donald Trump. Even at Alex Jones breaking with Trump yesterday, I don't know if you saw that, okay? I'm Donald Trump. I call you into my office down at the Mar-a-Lago. You get a one-on-one with me. And what is going on? Why am I getting booed at my rallies? What's my base doing? These vaccines saved a lot of lives. What do you mean this is going to kill me in the 24 election? What do you mean that don't we want the Democrats to give me the credit for saving all these people? What are you talking about? You've got eight minutes to make, to make your case for the old man right now in real time. I'm going to give it to you. I'm him. Go. Be the man of the voiceless, of the people that don't have money for lawyers. They don't have, even if they did have money for lawyers, they cannot get uh, compensated for their injuries. If he were to go around the entire country and be that voice for those who were injured by the shot, if he were to raise money for people who were injured by the shot, if he were to make a central theme of his campaign abolishing the full immunity in the 1986 act and the prep act. I mean, really it's going to be our last chapter in the book. We have marching orders and he could be that person. Look, I wanted to save lives. We had a pandemic. I was clearly blindsided with it. I didn't know about all this gain of function research. I shouldn't have known about it. Uh, it wasn't on, on my, uh, on my radar. And obviously you want to produce a vaccine as quickly as possible. And we did it. But now we find out it wasn't produced that quick because the Intel community was working with Moderna the entire decade before on this anyway. So here's the deal. I was the first in. I'm going to be the first out of it. I'm going to save those that were injured. I'm going to fund all of the research needed to detect and diagnose and treat those who are injured. And we're going to ensure this can never happen again. Because Steve, one of the things you mentioned that I see from watching very much afar the last week, a trend is that there's this bizarre cognitive dissonance that on the one hand, there's more information out than ever before that the shots are killing people. It's almost mainstream already. But then they're accelerating new ones even more. Today, they approved a new one without even fraudulent human trials, officially just with eight mice a test of just eight mice. In fairness, I, one way to not have to disclose your your human yeah. trial data after a federal judge makes you is just to just not have human trials, not brother. 
That's smart with the A. S M R A T. I mean, that's smart with the A. You got you got to give them credit. Skynet is adapting. They're figuring this out. Just not do human trials at all. In many respects, I don't blame them because what's worse than not having a human trial is having one where definitively the data was negative, like it was with the uh, immunobridging trial of the infants, right? So, with this new uh, bivalent Omicron booster, they're just going out without it. But what I'm saying is they're they're. This is too big of a ship to stop. They're not going to stop the transhumanism that they're pushing with this. But on the other hand, they will have to look backwards and say, oh, those shots had some problems. They were too rushed and there was too much pressure, even though that's not true. Um, And I, I definitely see them doing that because there's no way I think they see this. People are dropping dead at an accelerated pace. I think you're having the subclinical myocarditis. The long-term effects are are coming in, in in addition to the short-term ones. They can't hide it. So Trump is going to have to get ahead of this no matter what, no matter what he's going to have to do that. And also, just in general, Steve, the, the current narrative is not working. I mean, they'll probably win, but it's pretty bizarre for the most radical, destructive party in power ever where everything is collapsing so maybe in the red states you'll win some seats that's kind of where we're at now and you'll struggle in some of the swing states maybe win a few maybe lose a few that's not a wave it could change but you know this this kind of antiquated oh the economy is not good there's too much inflation and by the way, they normalized people to accept a certain degree of inflation. So now that it came off that peak, still, albeit very high, um, you know, that lost its muster, too. If you don't actually go into the transhumanism, how it was a contrived food and fuel shortage and what they're doing and how it ties into digital ID and AI and the shots and everything, if you just run this like a conventional time, like we're not dealing with the fourth Reich or as Klaus Schwab says, the fourth industrial revolution, and we just make it kind of politics as usual. Well, you're going to get a result reflective of politics as usual, which is in an in, a, in an off year midterm election when Democrats are in charge, Republicans will win more seats. But you're not going to have a sea change, a revolution uh, if you don't run on revolutionary ideas and pointing out their revolutionary ideas and how you're going to confront it. So the way you'll start with that is full disclosure and immunity uh, um, for for the vaccines to go away. And, and the way you get full disclosure is by ending that immunity. I think Trump could totally seize the mantle from Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, that the pseudo-populism that they ran against big oil and corporations and everything, and he could call their bluff tomorrow on Pfizer, big tech, their entire enterprise. Um, and, and, and that will accentuate their weaknesses rather than right now when the political winds are blowing back and forth as usual. You don't have a strong enough sail at your back that's going to um, immunize yourself from their successful attacks, even if they're unfair, whether it's the abortion issue, whether it's um, you know some of the handout stuff that they that they win voters off of with that, whether it's some of the personal stuff that they're going to convince suburban moms to not care about everything else uh, in order to feel good about themselves, they are going to draw blood or at least draw even and make this you know even odds that they could pull out an election win especially if and when they swap out Joe Biden. Okay, I'm intrigued. 
So Horowitz, you've got two more minutes here. Here's my final question. I don't want to look like one of those anti-vaxxers. That doesn't pull well. Let's just be honest about that. That That's changed. I mean, like you said, there's a reason why the media is pinning this on him. Um, if nothing else, everyone understands a rushed vaccine. Everyone understands they don't work. I mean, that's clear. People to varying degrees understand how much damage it's done and will do. But everyone knows now it don't work. The thing didn't work. I think the feeling is that other vaccines work very well. Um, how much that's true, depending on the vaccine, is something that needs to be studied. Uh, but I think people that message has gone out that it doesn't work. Um, so to at least limit it to this shot is very simple. And again, if they're safe and effective, Steve, there's no need to not be willing to accept the same degree of liability that Toyota accepts for its airbags and its brakes and other things when they have their recalls. Final thing before we let you go, do you agree that they are setting the stage to do this to him? Absolutely. And and, and for, if, for no other reason, it's just because... It's it's a jujitsu and jujitsu. You either get hit by it or you divert the energy away from you. Mm -hmm. They have to do it because the the genocide is coming out. The you can't hide the fact that 2022 has higher mortality than 2021, which has higher mortality than 2020. I mean, I just I, I just texted a buddy of mine. Well, he's not a buddy. He's, we're we're both huge Michigan fans. I think he's a Michigan grad, and he's in the medical community. And when I tweeted out the numbers that uh, life expectancy dropped in 2021, just like it did in 2020, and I said, how do you explain this? We had no vaccines in 2020. We had them in 2021. So why did life expectancy drop again? And he's like, well, not everybody took the vaccine. So I, I just sent him a question. I said, I ask you this respectively as my maize and blue brother. 79% of Americans took at least one dose. 67% of Americans took a full dose. Combined with natural immunity, How you tell me. How many Americans had to take this vaccine then for 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 us to not see a decrease in life expectancy? Do you see what I'm you see what I'm asking? What's the number then? It's even it's even more than that because you go to Japan, you go to Portugal, you go to New Zealand, Taiwan, um, Australia. They barely had any deaths before. Uh, now Norway and Finland, by the way, too. They barely had any deaths, and and it skyrocketed. And there they had even higher vax rates than the U.S. And more specifically, the macro numbers don't tell you anything, Steve, because most of those unvaccinated are children. You get to above 45, much less above 65, you'd be hard-pressed to find people that didn't get them. They're, they exist, but they're a very small number, and most seniors had three. So, again, the top-line numbers don't even do justice to that point. You don't have enough of a cohort of people who are vulnerable to die from the shot to die from them. Moreover, you look at countries like Germany, a study just came out by a German professor's public, uh, posted at ResearchGate on mortality, excess mortality in Germany 2020-2022, and they note, again, that the excess mortality, Steve, it started when? April 2021. Yeah. The same time the stillbirths started. That's exactly when continental Europe you know, because they were being shaken down by Pfizer. So they held out a couple months with their contracts. They didn't do it in January. It was April 2021. By the way, very quickly, Curious, which is an open-sourced peer-reviewed medical journal. It's pronounced Curious, but it is spelled C-U-R-E-U-S. So it's spelled differently. But it's an open-sourced peer-reviewed journal. Regular use of ivermectin as prophylaxis for COVID-19 led to a 92% reduction 
and COVID-19 mortality rate in a dose-response manner, results of a prospective observational study of a strictly controlled population of over 88,000 subjects. So that yep. just yep. broke a within the last half hour. Yeah, and, and, and it's dose-dependent, just like the shots, by the way, yeah. are dose-dependent, yeah. except there it will kill you if it has too much of a dose that would actually possibly And the reason work. why that matters is because when they put out their fake studies that said it didn't work, they used very low doses or they applied the dose at a time that it was past the point of prophylaxis, et cetera. Or they just fabricated it, Steve, just like they, they did with the Pfizer stuff. Right. They'll do it on the negative stuff. And at the same time, it also came out um, from Dr. Jackie Stone in Zimbabwe, it, it's a small study, but 34 with severe hypoxemia, they're, they're satting very low. 31 out of 34 within 24 hours, their sats came up. And this is what doctors around the world saw. There's no ivermectin cartel. It was spontaneous. There's no reason anyone would think of it. Everyone's like, it's an antiparasitic. Exactly. Yeah. So why would you think of it? Because they saw it doing exactly what we saw happen. And certainly when you had a few other things with it, you would get that closer to 100%. Good to have you back, brother. Thank you for joining us. Take care. Take care. God bless. Aaron, Aaron uh, montage. That was an hour ago. Daniel's appearance brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. In these unprecedented times, Bing. mortgage rates back to where they were uh, a few months ago, skyrocketing again, uh, new home purchases plummeting. I had the numbers earlier this week on what what's happened to the average mortgage price since Biden's inauguration, an 89% increase. That's insane. Now more than ever, it is vitally important that you go in if you have to. You go into the real estate market with an agent you can trust. Contact us at realestateagentsitrust.com to get one of those. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there today. Provide us some basic info. Our team will contact you to make an introduction to one of our preferred agents. What do we mean, what do we mean by preferred? We mean that their track record of success has been vetted and verified. That's why we've got thousands of agents in line waiting to get into this database. Well, we haven't verified their success yet. And a lot of times these agents come from this audience, so they share your value system. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We're going to do bonus buy, sell, or hold for the overtime that we'll start recording right after today's show. Any quick thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel or anything else before we go? Well, we are about to blame Trump for this while, as Daniel said, pushing a new version of the jab with no human uh, uh, trials. But also in order to take that jab, you still have to take the old jabs that didn't work and are killing people and we're about to and blame immunosuppressant because they're yeah. from an extinct variant so yes. to his point about like people are starting to awaken i i don't know what your average person out on the street thinks about this because well, of all we, this. we saw two percent of americans give that poison to their small children too i'm going to be fascinated to see how many americans end up going back for this again and and i think by the way See, I think the reason why they're saying you had to take the old jabs to get this one is they know that a bunch of people won't go get this. And so this has they, this isn't a built-in excuse for the numbers to be low. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, I do. Because they know a bunch of people won't go get this. They'll say, well, we already limited it to people who took the jabs before. John 3.17. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.